It is two o'clock in the morning on Monday, March 9th, and I have a bit of a cold, which is why I sound a little different. The cold started off as an inner ear egg. It turned into a nose irritation, nasal irritation, which then turned into a sore throat. And now it's making its way down to my lungs, which is not a good place to have an infection go, especially if everything you do is with your voice. It's quite challenging. I'm finding it very difficult to talk. I wouldn't say I'm out of breath, but I would definitely say that uh, I have a chest cold. And it is very frustrating because I have to clear my throat all the time. I'm coughing <coughs> right now. And I just want it to be over with so I can go about my life. I have a broadcast I'm going to be doing in two days. And I'm terrified that I'm my voice is going to be sounding very hoarse and strained. And I'm going to be gurgling my way through the whole entire production. And that is not something that I appreciate. I've been thinking about school. It's not uh, a favorite thing as of late for me to be thinking about. I believe that the school I attend is an institution like other schools are. An institution which markets itself like a business selling a product. And part of that is creating a consistent product which is the voice of other students and the thoughts of other students. And if they do not fall in line with the marketing purposes of the institution or the business, then behavior must be modified. And I do not subscribe as a student, as an intellectual, or I mean, I wouldn't call myself an academic, but I do not consider these circumstances to be appropriate in the shaping of my own mind uh, because I make other people feel uncomfortable does not necessarily mean that I'm inappropriate. Rather, quite the opposite. If I provide discomfort or a sense of uh, um, unease, for individuals, it is a good sign that I'm thinking differently and doing things differently. If you're a performer or a comedian or an artist in some way, you're living on the edge. And by being on the edge, you're pushing yourself in your work and failure exists on the edge. But it's a good practice to, to fail. It's a necessity, a requirement and shaping yourself and your audience. These are things I believe firmly in. And these are not things that the institution, the business 
of the school in which I attend, I would say believes, and I, I, I do not think they do. So school is not a very comforting place to be or a thought that I like to entertain. I don't like to think much about school. But I was thinking about one of the lessons we had on an imposter syndrome and what it feels like to be an imposter. How are we imposters in our own lives? And how does our fear of failure and fear itself define who we are and our actions and limit us or uh, provide us access to understanding? And I thought very deeply about this as one should not, but as I did. And I realized that we all are imposters in some form. Usually we all are imposters as children. Some people outgrow that. Most people do not. Um, as children, we, it is a requirement, a necessity to mimic, to imitate our parents in order to learn survival techniques to understand our environment around us, our relationship to it, to form that relationship, and therefore form ourselves. Unfortunately, a, a large uh, portion of us, because of the institutions in which we are around, the business, the businesses of these uh, institutions, how they mind their business, force us to politicize these relationships we have as children with our parents. Uh, through religion, through politics, through sheer economics or sheer understanding of the world around us. It is unfortunate, but a, a very uh, easy example for any of us to, to see how this produces and manifests is in religion. Most people are born within a religion and die within that religion. They do not change or try to see another side or explore other options or alternatives. This, I believe, is what happens when we mimic our parents and we continue to mimic them and we become imposters and, and we are the relationship we have with ourselves is more or less a relationship with living safely within specific margins that are enforced upon us by political institutions, educational institutions. I believe that there is, should be, well, there, there should be, but there definitely is with a few people, a relationship with subversion that is quite healthy. It helps relieve you from feeling like you need to subscribe to a specific model of life, way of living. Subversion allows us to fail quite publicly, sometimes privately, if we're afforded that luxury. And if we are able to pick ourselves up and keep moving forward, then we can do well and do right by others and do right by ourselves and free ourselves bit by bit, failure by failure, from that imposter syndrome. What does it mean to be an imposter? Well, as a child, it means to mimic, to imitate. As an adult, it means to continue to mimic and imitate. Imitate culture. Imitate the ideals of that culture. Um, 
these things are quite damaging, destructive. It prevents people from speaking out, from acting up, from making a difference, from being different, from moving to the edge from a center that is, quite frankly, dangerous and destructive and harmful. Um, what ends up happening is that time doesn't change people because people don't choose to change themselves. Uh, I believe you have to change yourself. You can't, time can't change you. You have to change who you are. And I'm always trying to change. I'm always trying to adapt. I'm always trying to find something different. I'm hungry to learn more, to try more, to, to, you know, see things differently. I believe that the reason why this is the case in my situation is because I never had a strong connection with my parents because I never really had any parents. I was always moving from one place to the next and wherever I was never felt safe or felt comfortable. I always felt like there had to be an alternative because an alternative is the only safe place to think or to be. So maybe for me it's easy because for most people they're ingrained to stay comfortable because things are comfortable. But for me things were never comfortable so I was always trying to find comfort on the edge. I was very lucky because living on the edge for me didn't involve drugs or high-risk behavior to my health. Uh, I can't say the same about my emotional health, but luckily these things are elastic. Your, your physical health and your emotional health, unless pushed too far off the edge, then in that case you're in free fall. Andy Warhol once said, uh, something brilliant, br br very brilliant. Um, we are no truer to ourselves than when we are on a decline. If something, it was worded much better than that. But, it, that. but the whole crux of it is that no one is truer to themselves than when they're dying, basically, or when their career is over, than when they're failing, you know? This is true because we have to. We must protect ourselves and uh, do well to ourselves. When I think about being an imposter, I think from an academic standpoint about Irving Goffman. Is uh, he was quite active in the nineteen thirties, and uh, he developed. Well, he had a famous book. The Imitation of, or no, no, The Presentation of Self in Everyday Life. He dealt largely in identity. His dramaturgical analysis of self was that we had a front stage and a backstage, like a performer. The backstage is what we think about. Uh, our inner desires, our, our inner selves. And the front stage was what we present to the world. And for most people, what they present is what other people may feel comfortable with or familiar with. And they never speak about those inner desires because they may not be accepted. For me, I've never had this problem. My backstage is my front stage. What I think about, how I'm feeling, my relationship to the world and the people around me are very apparent. 
there really is no separation between self and uh, in that way that Goffman would see it. I mean, of course, I'm sure there is to some extent, but it is very far on a scale uh, relative to other individuals who keep to themselves, who don't speak up when they see something or, you know, this has caused me many failures, quite naturally, in relationship to power, in relationship to institutions, business. When you say something that may not be considered appropriate or may offend, it will cause you to fail in some way. Yes, in relationship to power. Your power may be limited, but you learn from that and you take from that experience and it strengthens you, it gives you guts. It really gives you guts. And I think that's something that very few people have as guts because they've never been challenged, you know, with adversity in their childhood or adversity in their adulthood, professionally, personally. Uh, they're not too open with, with these challenges. And I think it's very important for us to do. If you want to no longer feel the fear of failure, you know, to go to a job and not exactly know what it is you're going to do or how you're going to do it, or if you even have the skill to avoid situations because you're not entirely sure if you're going to succeed or do well or how others will view you or reflect you or if you'll appear powerless. If you prevent yourself from engaging due to these things, then your power becomes limited. You become less familiar with, with the strange or with the unknown. I'm quite familiar with the unknown. And uh, does this bother me? Yes, in some circumstances. But largely, no. I believe that if I want to do something and I don't quite know how to do it, I can figure it out or I can ask someone. I do not believe that this will make me appear to be stupid or uh, powerless. I believe that there's power in asking for what you need and showing up with the gumption and the, and the skill to follow through or at least try. I think these things are very important. Imposter syndrome is, uh, is also, you, you may have all these skills, but you may feel like someone's going to find you out to be not that good. Actors deal with this a lot. They speak about this quite often. That uh, people are going to figure out, oh, they're not that good of an actor. Or, you know, they're not as good as everyone says that they are. Well, you just got to tell people, I'm just not that good. But I'm brilliant sometimes. You know, I'm terrible on the first 50 takes. But let me tell you, on that, on that 60th take, I got it nailed. <coughs> I mean, that's... I was talking to um, Madeline Taylor, who is uh, the program director at CITR. She said, you know, most people don't know this, but I'm making it up as I go along. And I said the same thing to her. I said, I say the exact same thing. You know, everyone thinks I have it all together. I have, I'm just making it up. I have no clue. You know, it's like you're not pretending to know everything, but you just show up to everything with the confidence that whatever happens while you're trying to get to the end, 
that you'll just get to the end at some point and that it will all work out. That's kind of the thing. Am I an imposter? No. I've been very clear about that. I am who I am. I have nothing to hide. I don't feel like I need to blend in or change in any way that makes other people feel comfortable. I believe that people feel comfortable around me because I'm genuine and there's nothing that I have to hide. I think people need to do more of this. People need to spend more time with themselves thinking if they really are being truthful about who they are and their abilities. And I believe if you want to change, you need to put yourself in the unfamiliar. The unfamiliar is a beautiful place to be. It's a place where you learn something new, you develop uh, confidence, and you exit with something a little more than what you had, than when you entered. These things are very important. I never want to feel like I'm contented. I never want to feel like I've learned everything there is to learn. I believe that when you die, the, the moment you die, say if you were to live to be 100, and you are to die at 100, let's say, you're still learning up to your 99th birthday, your 100th birthday, hopefully. In other words, what's the point of living if you haven't experienced if every day hasn't been a moment to enjoy the pleasures of something new, not to be greedy with it or reckless, but to do everything with purpose and with drive, that you wish to encounter something different, someone different, and to learn something from their experience. These things are so important. They teach us that we're all very different and that we can't compare ourselves to someone else because no one's the same. Sure, we have similar experiences, but it's our differences that really make us who we are. We always say, oh, everyone's the same. We, you know, we all have similarities. It's our differences that bring us together. And, you know, I guess, sure, in some refrigerator sticker or refrigerator magnet, saying or quote or whatever, then yes, I guess that'd be true. But I don't believe that to be true. I believe that we all are different and we continue to be different and we don't grow to be the same. I mean, that's the worst thing we can do is grow to be the same. It's like the same reason why people hate communism or certain political affiliations. or It's the idea of sameness, that everyone is the same. I love the brilliance of, of being different. Not that this is anything that you should uh, assess by looking at someone. I think you can't tell uh, you know, much about anyone by looking at them. And there's a lot of people out there, I know for sure, because I've known many of them, who try to show how different they are by how they look. And... Uh, this isn't always true. I met some very hollow people, some brilliant vases, brilliant urns, but just ash inside. No, I, I don't know. I think we need to worry less about how we look and how we sound and, you know, those hollow things. We need to worry more about 
enjoying experiences, new experiences, coming home and saying I did something and I didn't do it well, but I'm still thinking about it. I'm going to try differently tomorrow. Try differently tomorrow. That's what's so important. Try for something different tomorrow. To stay the same, to make the same mistakes. It just goes against what life is all about. It goes against everything life is about. So that is how I feel. I am sick and I'm talking. <coughs> I have a little bit of a cold. And I'm sure it will be different tomorrow. It may be a lot worse. But life is different tomorrow. There's always the hope for tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. A new book to read. A new book to create. A new photograph. A new friend. A new sunset. A new sky. A new outfit. Fresh skin. A new bath. A new shower. New water. New food. A new diet. A new you. That's what it's all about. Being an imposter is being the same person. Mimicking the same failures and the same qualities. Imitation. Imitation of the cheapest kind. That's what an imposter is. But there's hope for you. Tomorrow will be different. Tomorrow it's time for a new you.